Hello and welcome back to Unlocking the Masculine. I'm your host Liam Withers and today guys I'm joined by my dear friend Blake Dobbles. 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 There we go. <laughs> I did that with Cooper last week as well. It was like Oh yeah, no, I don't know. Is it Fennel? Fennel? He's like, it's Fennel. I'm like, ah. Oh. I was like, wait, Fennel? He's like, ah. Oh. I'm bad with last names, but anyway. Hereby joined by my dear friend Blake, also otherwise known as Bonk or Bonkly Strut. Yeah. People call me a Bukaki as well. Or Bukaki. That's yeah. a But don't actually uh, don't call me Bukaki. That's a that's a good one. Yeah, well, yeah. What's the do we want to know the origin story? story? <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, we'll let the audience mind. No, you know that skit and it goes like Balake. <clears throat> hey, where's Balake? In that no, it's like a some sort of high school room. Oh. Yeah, okay. Literally just and then they went from that to it's Bukaki. Not, it's not Pornhub. Nah. Ah, oh, okay, nah, nah. okay. <laughs> I got excited for a second there. Uh, but welcome to the show today, man. Thank you. I just want to thank you so much for joining me. And we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to be discussing life, masculinity, common theme on the show, of course, and also touching on your crazy adventures that you've had. I think everyone's going to absolutely love hearing that. And also going to be talking about today's topic which is developing a relationship with spirit or or god which mm. is it's a bit of a taboo topic yeah no one wants to talk about it this day and age doesn't, no one doesn't come up it's, yeah. as soon as it's talked about it's sort of like it's got a label 100 percent. it's mm. it's crazy because i feel like there's been such a sharp decline over the past maybe 10 15 years in terms of faith and mm. you know we've both you know you in particular have you know, you've been into it for a fair while. I'm only just kind of... What's that, the Bible? Yeah, Bible and just like faith. Like mm. I think out of all my friends, you're probably the... Only like a year and a half, I reckon. True. So not too long. Really. True. But it's getting more and more intense. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's going to be a very good topic to talk about today. Yeah. And, you know, before we get into it, I just want to thank everyone for listening to the previous episode the modern dating with cooper fennel it was really well received so much feedback you know i made some tiktoks that went kind of well i don't really know how it all works but it's cool it's cool to do the the, the kind of conversation stuff you know the the ones with myself have been great but i really want to showcase all my friends and yeah, we have so many good conversations outside of you know podcasting so oh, for sure the phone calls are ridiculous Exactly, yeah, and it's. Wild. I, I just feel like everyone would just gain a lot of insight by listening to what we say and you know the life experience that you've had as well. And yeah, yeah, well, I want to see just like the inner workings because I feel like we're all so in our head. Like if you hear someone else express that out loud, you're like, oh, okay, okay, I am part of this huge community that doesn't understand what's going on either. Ex yeah, exactly right, and I think that's the biggest takeaway with this podcast and the most common feedback is, oh, I, I just don't feel so alone. Mm. And it's like, good, like don't feel alone. Like we're all literally going through the exact same process. We're all going through the exact same journey. You don't have to do it alone. That's the, for sure. you know, the lone wolf character is great for a time. It's good to know what to do by yourself, but being able to lean on your friends and lean on, you know, even this podcast for yeah. just for some guidance and reassurance is it makes it so much easier. Yeah, well, it just 
it's like it's awesome as like a, a movie scene as like the idea like you sort of play it like i'm going to do everything by myself in the shadows in the rain i do do it all by myself but then when you actually do it with someone it's so fulfilling and just lovely like wholesome yeah big time it's beautiful yeah it is it's that and you're like oh it is i can just do this with people yeah the yeah. the brotherhood i think that's uh something that people are craving man it's it's really sad i saw this video with chris willocks the other day and he was saying that i think it's roughly like 40 percent of men say that they do not have a best friend whoa 40 percent. that's so much that's that's too much yeah it should be it should not even be four percent yeah yeah not even like one close guy friend yeah that's yeah just as someone you can just tell the truth to and they can understand yeah yeah that's sad man that is upsetting yeah damn i think that's there's a massive pandemic with it lack of lack of masculinity absolutely in all sort of senses like of the household doesn't have the right structure within like your own faith too like when you said 10 to 15 years everyone's sort of getting less in touch i think it has a huge part to deal do with that like everyone thinks they they know their own way the, my way is the best way they're not like going to like their brothers or going to like their actual fathers or like the fa- the father as well and it's like we need that authority that like that authority of no that is like the true love like if i saw my friend playing on the freeway and i would have like dragged them out even though like i might be like really ripping on his jumper and it hurts him in the process like ultimately that is like the most loving thing i can do compared to like just kind of like oh do you man yeah exactly yeah. You, you need people around you to, to keep you in check because there's going to be times where you're just acting a little bit crazy i guess yeah. it's a for one a better word but yeah the immaturity side's coming out exactly yeah and it's like yeah you needed someone to that you can trust to pull you up on it of course yeah and i'm very grateful that from the we've known each other now for just over half a year it's similar time with cooper as well we all met through the critical feeling brand and yeah i'm very just so grateful man that you've come into my life i mean you've been such a such a rock for me uh you know blake's probably one of the very few people that i can go to when i'm you know struggling or just need to unscramble my brain because we all go through it at times we all have moments where we're just like holy crap i just can't can't deal with this you know the brain's in chaos and yeah it's really cool to have someone who listens and is just being there for you it's hard to describe i've only had that experience with a therapist before where it's like they'll just genuinely listen and just you have this crazy ability to be able to just like unlock doors inside my mind where i can like keep navigating through and then eventually i get out of the maze which is cool yeah right that's sick yeah it's a (laughs) it's a a very powerful skill and yes i love our conversations so man oh the pot man that solidifies the whole thing that's pretty good that's probably the best like i'm pretty white in that circumstance but like (laughs) if i'm having a handshake where it's not like a like a standard one I'm so bad. I'm so yeah, yeah. awkward at the man. Like, yeah, shocking. So that was probably yeah, the best one. We that's co- good. You co- got to have a looseness in the shoulder. Yeah, that was a nice little little pop. <laughs> I liked it. But yeah, it's uh, 
I'm very grateful. My my inner circle of guy friends is it's insane, man. Like thinking back, you know, 12 months ago, I would essentially be having a lot of these conversations mainly with my parents mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. And now to have like a group of mates where, you know, everyone loves to go under the surface. Everyone loves to just not be afraid to be vulnerable and yeah, kind of... I know expand our consciousness. It's it's really cool. I've got it so many, cool. so many more friends to come on this show. That honestly, guys, you'd be mind blown by the depth that each and every one of them have. And yeah, Unique. yeah. I think the bottom line with that talking about how you can have the vulnerability. It's like this truth seeking, being like very honest in that sense, as well. It's quite rare for people to speak truthfully. Mm. You often find that people. You know, Cooper mentions this about people wearing masks and it's, it's true. Like a lot of people will just kind of hide behind their ego, you know, whatever mm. society's told them to be or told them not to be, then they'll mm. create this like false identity and it's nice to be around people that aren't afraid to just be themselves. Mm. So I think if you're a sensitive person, you can't live there. I think if you're not very sensitive, then... um. Like you, you can sort of you're not sent your senses aren't heightened to actually feel that, but if you are, then you just like I have to be honest because living not in truth is just like too much. It's draining, man. Mm-hmm. You you feel it in your soul when you're not living to your true self. You know, I find whenever I'm feeling anxious or just feeling, yeah, just not hundred percent me. It's when I'm lying. To mm. some degree, either it's directly in life, I'm lying to someone, lying to myself, unconsciously lying. Like there's this when there's no truth, when there's not a hundred percent truth in my life, I'm not at ease. Never at works. All. Yeah, it just never works. I've tried so many times; it's always gone backwards. Have you ever come across people in life and they're so on edge? You know, they're on edge because they're just constantly lying to themselves. I've come across people like that where they're jumpy and they're mm. always like, like they look. I was thinking about the person today in the drive. Yeah, the, yeah that guy. Okay. Oh, we uh, we pulled up to a T intersection and this guy like jumped so, so aggressively. He did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he needed a T-bone steak after that. I think he, <laughs> yeah, he needed a bit of testosterone. Yeah, big time. But anyway, we'll, uh, <laughs> let's get into the question mm. side of it. Let's get the viewers to understand yourself and your mind yes. a bit more, man. I think... Uh, That's good. I'm trying to figure it out too. It would be fantastic. <laughs> let's unravel it together. Let's find out what's going on up here. I think the, the best or the easiest one just to start off with, just with, you know, the concept of this podcast is... Hmm. masculinity how would you define it and what does being masculine mean to you i think competency is one of the biggest things being able to like of course you can't be the best at everything and but being able to be competent in a realm of things so that you can actually be of service if you're if you don't have the capacity to really serve then I think you have to be able to be of service in a high degree. And you have to be yeah, you have to be able to be of service. So that means you have to understand how to do things properly and have the skill set to 
Pay your service. That's like the main thing. Of course, that's. I think that would have to be the main thing for myself. That's what I'm always striving for. Competency. Competency. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And then to be able to give that gift properly, you have to be in a proper balance as well within yourself and within the world and with others. And I find the best way is to emotionally clear yourself. So that might be like a run. It's usually anger or sadness that's pent up that is like really blocking you. It's always yourself. It's always your own doing that is stopping you. So taking accountability for your life and your actions and mm. striving to be of service of others. Is that the for sure. the gist? Yeah. Yeah, because every time I've been trying to just be of service for my own gain, I've just gotten sad. You know, I've just felt like empty. But every time I've tried to really serve others, I've become like selfless. Then I'm not so self-conscious and I'm not so like anxious in my way of being. I'm, I'm genuinely just trying to help others. So I don't have to worry about what's happening in here and I can like detach. And I think when you're always worried about yourself, you can become so neurotic and out of balance. Mm -hmm. So that's why like being able to be in balance, I think you have to be of service as well. Yeah, you're, you're so right. It's as soon as you devote your life to a higher purpose, bigger than yourself, and with the intention of helping others, helping your community, it honestly just feels like it takes off a, a weight off your mm. shoulders. It's like, all right, well. It does it for you. Yeah. Mm. And people, like, it's funny, like, I ran away from my responsibility of life for a long time because I was scared. But as soon as I went into it, I'm like, oh, I feel 10 times more calm. 100%. It's, like, it's weird. Like, you, it's like you just. You wouldn't expect it. You wouldn't. You think no. it would be the opposite. You think it'd be stress, but it's honestly the most relaxing feeling in the world just knowing that you're serving a higher purpose. Yeah. Because it's going to be happening like all those stresses. Like, my first thought went to like all these bills piling up because I was really bad at paying fines. And I would just be constantly running from them. What, what <laughs> like kind of fines? Every single fine you can get, <laughs> especially the tax man. <laughs> hey, we're not perfect. I'm one. That's my thing. <laughs> I mean, taxes suck, so fair uh, enough. This. Yeah, I'm learning. <laughs> fair, but fair. I would always find when I would be running from those responsibilities where it's like, look, no one else is going to come and save you from this. And I know it's such a such a commonly said thing, but it is just so true. Like the more you run from things, it's just it chases you more. It's like the thing becomes like a predator and you become the prey. But if you face it and turn to it, it's like switches the dynamic. Well, wow, I really like that. That's so true. Mm, thanks. <laughs> nice, nice. Poetic. Yeah. Do you do you do poetry? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's pretty wacky. It can go from really deep things to just like I'm talking about cock rings on pizzas and like it just goes <laughs> absolutely everywhere. You just got to allow it and that's how you get to the gold. Touche, touche. <laughs> <laughs> I already know this conversation is oh, just going to go to some funky I know. funky corners. There's going to be some TikToks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, well... <laughs> I do agree, like in terms of masculinity, serving others, having that high purpose that's bigger than yourself is, yeah, it's it's critical really. And I guess to understand your own journey through masculinity, I want to touch on childhood because that's mm. always... So linked. It is, right? It's 
honestly, the most formative process of your life is going through that young adolescent period to your teenagehood. Mm. How was it for you growing up? Did you find that you had a masculine figure that you modeled off? Did you find that you kind of had to figure things out on your own? Like how was your experience, uh, I guess, coming to the to the knowing of what masculinity mm. is? Yeah. So I sort of didn't really grow up with a father figure all too much. Like I particularly like my actual father. He would um he would like go off and he would be like, Alright boys, I'm gonna um take us all on a camping trip and it's gonna be really fun and like it would get really emotional to see our father. And then we'd be waiting at the door for him to come and then he just he just wouldn't show up. And I sort of wouldn't that would be the pattern like growing up a lot of the time. And then I would he'd be in my life quite intensely for just like a few months and then be gone again. So it was quite that like I always yearned for that sort of strong father figure. And my mum is amazing. My father is too, but in this particular thing on the way that, because I talked to him about it all and he said that he just he just couldn't, he was trying to figure out his own stuff so much. It was ne- wasn't, never purposeful. Wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. Wasn't consistent, yes. And um, so with that, I attached to my, my brother for that father figure. And um, I think he also felt a lot of responsibility. I spoke to him about it also um, to, to be that growing up too. So it's for him, like being a child, growing up, thinking he has to be the father. And then for myself, being my brother, being the father, that was sort of like the dynamic of it. And so did you find that through having that inconsistency and always kind of wanting that, I guess, stable figure to look up to, how did you find growing up? Was it like, were you modeling yourself more so off your your mum, I guess, in that sense? Yeah, for sure. Mum and then my brother and then just like the world sort of around me, like school at the time. Because um, you take in like everything. But for the family, for the home dynamic, I would have different stepdads come through. Mum was trying to create stability for us also. And um, so there was a few different stepdads who, ran, who um, would come on through at different periods of my life. And... That was also like another inconsistency. But towards the end, I would stop just really being too concerned with them. Like I wouldn't really allow them to have that space in my mind too much. But um, yeah, mum would sort of try and be both because she was in a position where she knew that it wasn't healthy for our for our growing up. But um, yeah, it, it's just not possible, you know. Like of, a mother can't be a father as well. Of course, it's just different. They're different energies, and it's not like anything to put down anyone of course it's just like it's just a matter of nature of mm. course and did you find i guess through that were you kind of confused as to i guess like when you're trying to take it in from school you try and take it in you know from your mum as well did you find that how did that emotionally affect you were you finding that you were masculine naturally or were you kind of leaning more so in the feminine in that regard like yeah feminine for sure i've always noticed i've been a bit more of a sensitive person mm-hmm. i like to look at it as the idea of heightened senses maybe that's just something to put a band-aid on it make you feel good but yeah mm-hmm. definitely would feel like more emotional than the average man or boy at the time mm-hmm. yeah so i think that's just linked with the creativity in my mind and i've learned how to control that but to manage it in a way where it's just the absolute healthiest. But um, I have always definitely leaned more towards that feminine nature 
where like I've enjoyed like flow mm-hmm. in that sense. But it's only really, the shift's only just begun over the last sort of two years where I've really been like leaning more towards becoming a man. And so I feel like I'm in that real change of like pulling myself out of the feminine into the masculine more. What was the point in your life, you said a couple of years ago, what made you want to change? Like was there a point where you're like, oh, I need to become more masculine? Like what was the moment where you decided to pull yourself into that mode more? Yeah, I think I was like really pondering on previous relationships with partners and I was thinking about how like the the frame would sort of jump from one to the other to who, who's like sort of holding that, that strong side of things. And I think it's pushed to say like it should be 50-50, but the more that I'm growing, I think that that's not the case so much. And so I think that was when I was reflecting on that, it's like, you know, because I really want to grow up and have, make sure I have healthy relationships, one day be married and have it just be as stable as it possibly can. And I was realizing like it's so important to have a, a healthy, stable dynamic that's very natural for both parties. Mm-hmm. And so I was learning like, oh, if I want that, I'm going to have to like dive further in and understand it more. It takes a lot of awareness to realize that. Do you know what I mean? To kind of go, all right, well, this was it kind of like a repeated pattern in your relationships where you're like, oh, this keeps on happening. Why? Yeah. First relationship, I was really emotional. It's embarrassing to talk about. But mm. it's just like, mm. seriously, I was. I was just like a brat. Mm-hmm. And I would like, just if I didn't get my certain way, then I would like, get all quiet and like bitter and like be like, no, nah, I'm all good. But it's like I was being like a brat. Being really passive. Yeah. It's, mm. just, it's just like, and that's not, it's not respectful. Like it's not respectful to anyone else. Yeah. Or to my, even, especially myself. It's like, it's not, it doesn't hold that like strong, like admitting like, look, I'm sorry. I'm just like in my own little shitty mood and I'm, I need to get out of it rather than like just staying in it. It's just not, it's not way, it's not the ideal position to be in, but I couldn't help it. Like I was just so emotional. Yeah. At the time. It's mm. post high school is kind of like when you're figuring life out, right? And it's like you kind of finish school. They give you next to no life skills whatsoever. They give you a little bit of trauma, classic. Yeah. I mean, I know trauma is a buzzword, but <laughs> you get some scarring instances that can kind of. Yeah. You can't come out of so being getting socialized unscathed. Of course. To your authenticness. And then, yeah, you're kind of left to pick up the pieces and, you know, as an adult, it is solely your responsibility to sort your crap out. 100%. No one else is going to. No one does. Like how often do you think about going out to someone and trying to fix their life Mm. compared to your own? Yeah. You know, like you're just never thinking about it. And it's not a Mm. matter of selfishness. It's just like I'm so occupied trying to figure this thing out. Then that's what we're all doing. Of course. Yeah. You do find a lot of people though will, they will do that, right? They'll look externally and try and fix everyone else's problems instead of looking inward because, you know, admitting that you have a problem is very damaging to the ego, right? Like admitting that you're not perfect and that you're flawed and like, all right, well, like for me, like my first couple of relationships, oh, okay, fair enough. I am a psycho. I need to like (laughs) deal with being so, you know, possessive and all this sort of stuff because that's just not cool i don't want to be with someone like that so yeah. why why am i being this way and like you have to you have to speak the truth to yourself yeah absolutely 
and yeah. not many people want to, man. No, well, it's like if you don't know about it, you can't genuinely fix it. And so at some point you're going to have to open the curtain. Yeah, and it's not pretty. Yeah. No. It's not pretty at it's all. It's not. But then you'd be very surprised as to how quickly it does get pretty. Yeah. After that. It's just yeah. taking that leap, hey? Yeah. Like I heard a Noah, he said this saying once. It was amazing. He said, um, whenever there's a moment in life where you have to jump off the cliff, the landing is always soft. And I thought that was cool. That is cool. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> That's true, man. It's, yeah, it's wild. Just getting on that that journey through masculinity is scary. It's very foreign, especially when you're operating, you know, in a more feminine state, which have you found though, like with yourself, because we talk about masculine and feminine energies and, you know, it's not strictly to gender. I think there's a lot of like the misconception with it, right? For sure. I think... Um, what's, what's your balance between the masculine and the feminine? Do you find... Like I'm not going to ask you to put a number on it, but mm-hmm. you know, being more of a sensitive and creative person, do you find that if you're trying to be too masculine in your energy that you feel unbalanced as well? Like I think just trying, in general, means you're unbalanced. Yeah. Yeah. I think like you're either balanced or unbalanced, and if you're like compensating, that means you're out of balance. So if I have the mm. mindset where like oh, I got to be more masculine, that means that I'm not masculine. That makes sense. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you to do what feels feels natural and everyone's so different man oh it's so different for everyone yeah absolutely it could be like just some tradesman who just works like really hard and he's doing that and he's like smashing beers and that's like his style of it and then you have someone who's like just relentlessly working on their craft it was like it could be like just painting or something that's like even in the arts but just um yeah it's 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 hard to describe masculine energy in that sense I find so for different. me like the most basic form of it is that the masculine energy is the doer. So head down, bum up, mm. finish the task, like get stuck in. Mm. Whereas with the feminine, it's it's that relaxation, it's that flow, it's that creative energy coming through. Whereas like the masculine is just like that brunt, like, you know, black and white, like must go from A to B sort of thing. Yeah. That's probably like in the most basic sense how I depict it and how I find when I switch between those modes because, man, every like you need to. You can't just be in the one the whole time. No, no. It eats, it eats away at you, to For be sure. honest. Especially if you're like trying to be in yeah. the one. Then it's like same thing. It's like it's unbalanced. You see a lot of influences, a lot of the, the masculinity influences yeah. overcompensating for the just that – inauthentic like masculine ooh, ooh, beat monkey chess like yeah, yeah i am the most masculine man absolutely like, f women f this like let's get rich it's <laughs> like man you were just crying on the inside yeah you could just it's for sure because i think about it as like a, a father figure in that sense to like have the best balance is like you want to be able to like protect the home from invaders but then also be able to let your kids run all over you like when you get home or something like that you know like you need yeah. to be have that gentleness of course. To you as well. Now, speaking of, you did touch on your creative side. Mm-hmm. When you were growing up, I just want to tie it back into your teenagehood and your masculine journey. Did you find that you found peace or you found, I guess, 
therapy through creativity growing up? Was that kind of like your outlet or how did you get into your creative side? It puts me in a very like carefree or just non-serious state that is like the ability to make me enter balance in that sense. So that if I'm like being creative, it could just put me in a state where I'm just in flow. And if I'm in flow, it's like that's when you're so balanced. And when did that start for you? Like when was the creative endeavor? When did it begin? I've always done well in art sort of with the subjects at school, but then the prac side of it, I wouldn't do well at all. But then when it would come to the actual doing of the paintings, I could just like smash it out and get really involved. But I only, people would tell me that I was, but I didn't really know. I would just, they'd just be like, oh, he's like creative. And I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know what that means, hardly. But then it was sort of, I don't know, more, the more people told me and I was like, well, I'm just going to like look into this. And then I realized the way that my mind would like bounce from all these different, very vast ideas and try to bring them together. I was like, oh, that's different apparently. <laughs> and that was in high school? Mm. That was all kind of happening or was that like early adulthood? Probably after high school. Okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. So what, what would you, did you have any, you know, going through that kind of confusing and I guess challenging point of life, which is like teenagehood, did you have any ways of getting through it? Did you journal? Like what, did you have any like outlets Xbox. to help you? So it was gaming. <laughs> I guess nice. so. Yeah, I loved it. I would not get off the thing. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I didn't think I really had any of that all too much. I would definitely, going back now, even like when I was a teenager having conversations, like I was working at my kickboxing gym um, once a week because I was in VCAL. I'd do like two days, three days at school, two days not at school. And I had a conversation with one of the workers there and she would just say that I'm very like sort of wise in that sort of sense. And like, so I feel like I was, I've always been introspective, I guess, just going off like what she said. And I've always just listened and been introspective. But I didn't, I don't think I really realized it. So I almost feel like I didn't have all too many problems, but that's only because I didn't know about all the problems in high school. And I only opened up after high school. Oh, okay. Because you know? I thought cool. I was so wise and so clever in high school because mm-hmm. I felt balanced because I was so just like, I don't even know where my impurities are. That's kind of like ignorance is bliss, right? It was. It sounds nice. It was nice. Nice. I'm kind yeah. of jealous, to be yeah. honest. But then I also like had no idea on how to, like, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was. I didn't even feel mm. lost. That's the worrying thing, you know? I was so lost, I didn't know I was. Interesting. Yeah. That's very, it's interesting hearing that from, you know, obviously yourself because you have so much depth. And it's like, for me, I can't actually fathom like going through teenagehood being so blissfully it's not even unaware because obviously you're like a wise dude but like just just not knowing that you were lost yeah <laughs> but like in my teenagehood i was i was just lost yeah like, right the whole time yeah so yeah. that's cool well actually, <laughs> it's not cool right because there's always like well i had i had to get out of it at some stage what was the, the shell had to break and the yoke had to come out at some point yeah so yeah. what was that moment was that a fun one? It doesn't sound like it would be fun. Oh, of course it was fun. Yeah, yeah, heaps. <laughs> no, it definitely relationships. I okay. Think. Yeah, yeah. When I had my first like proper relationship, that was it. That's was when like, the cracks like, started I'm, to. I was like, what is going on? I'm emotional. I'm all over the shop. Like I'm just, I like, don't feel right at all. 
And I was just like, I'd be constantly like, I'd be, I realized it was like relationship anxiety, but I was feeling so unsettled. Like each time I would like go from her house to like work in the morning, I'd be watching videos about like relationship anxiety and like crying on the way to work. Do like, you think so that much because of, because of the in- inconsistency growing up that when you got into a relationship, you were kind of scared of like, say if there was a slight change in their behavior, there was a slight change in, yeah, like you were just overanalyzing. For sure. Everything. I had to make sure that everything was like stable in yep. order so that like, you know, they just don't just like leave me. Yeah. Or something. So it's definitely like abandonment sort of stuff they're going on. But like a lot of it is like very, very aware, which is beautiful. Still got more to heal. But then I would always just, yeah, make sure like I have to prioritize being like the best boyfriend or the best like sort of man. And is this unhealthy though? It wasn't in a healthy way. I think it's a good thing to pursue. How can I be the best? But it was in a way of, it was from lack, not abundance. So did you feel quite resentful when like your partner wouldn't receive to it or they wouldn't like do the same for you? Was that that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, just like slightly bitter. So making me passive yeah. aggressive, yeah. Yeah, we sound like we, we were the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. so like literally what you're describing is pretty much me and all my past relationships. Yeah. And it just makes you feel so weak. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, oh, is this who I'm going to be as like a, a partner? Like that's, I can't ever, I can't be that. See, for me, I thought I, so I went to therapy and then had gone for about two years, right? Mm-hmm. Thought that I had it all figured out, which if anyone gets to that point when they're healing, that's when that's shit, that's when shit's going to hit the fan because you do not have it all figured out. You probably never will. That's something that you just need to accept. It's like you're always going to be learning. Yeah. I arrogantly was like, oh, no, I've got it all figured out. I'm so good. Got with my ex-partner. <laughs> She went to Europe and holy guacamole, yeah. <laughs> I went crazy. Like the abandonment issues all came to the surface. I wasn't sleeping. It's such a trip. Man, I was just like acting like a kid, like crying and like lashing out. So then because she wasn't like giving me what I've wanted, even though I was just I was meant to get it from myself anyway, like that calmness and yeah, I lost my call and it, it's crazy, man. I feel like when it enters that, like when you are in that sort of first relationship and all that stuff comes up, you like, you're not even aware that you can feel like this in life. Yep. <laughs> you're like, what is going on? It's almost like all the pain from your childhood is just stored away and you kind of blunt it because it's through, you know, your parents are causing it, right? So you just kind of like block it and then someone else will come in that you love and that can hurt you because they're not your parents. It's just like the floodgates and it's mm. like, oh, am I this broken? Oh, shit. Yeah, like- yeah. I feel like the way I look at relationships is like an intense mirror effect. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a very, very clear mirror. It's like a 360 around you. You can't like you have to look at it. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're the honestly the greatest teaching tools. Like I'm so grateful for every one mm. of them that I've had because I've just grown every single time. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. so it's interesting, man. So the relationships is where you started to realize like, oh, shit, like I'm 
like this. Yeah, I'm lacking in some areas that I didn't realize like I was like hurting. What was your first steps to, I guess, healing that? Like, what was the healing process like? What was? Did you have some trial and errors? Like, talk me through the masculine journey for you. Exercising like a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, lots of exercise. Used to, like running, yeah, I got really, really into running. Like just nighttime, if it was like raining, like perfect. Listen to like really demonic music and just like run in the dark, in like the rain and then just like stop, look at the moon, cry, keep running. And that was like just like trying to release so much emotion. But when it came to like more of the the actual understanding of it, I guess it's just pondering. It's just mm. like sitting there and like allowing it to come up. And you have to really open yourself to allow it, I think. Like if you're sitting there all like, like push back from it. Like, I just can't, I don't want to feel it. I'm going to distract myself. When you really go like, all right, give it to me. Like to yourself and like you open your heart to it. You can like, oh, okay. Right, right, right. And it's a lot more gentle than you think. Mm. It's interesting. Exercise is a really good tool. It it really is. That like you get to process a lot of emotions through movement. You get to challenge yourself. You get to kind of punish yourself a little bit too. Mm. It's kind of it's a bit of a punish. Like your body's in, amazing. It can take it. Yeah, it can really take it. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of, it's kind of probably a good. That's a good transition. Transition into it. <laughs> Mister Bonk here has done some absolutely insane. Would you call them escapades? Adventures? I don't know what that word means. <laughs> Do I? I don't know. I'll look it up later. It sounds correct, but... Escapades. I think it means journey. Sounds like it's from South America. It's a real real knobby way of saying it. Um, (laughs) I just wanted to flex my very minimal vocabulary. After listening back to the previous podcast, I pretty much repeat everything Mm. like 100% and big time. Yeah, yeah. I've really consciously been trying not to say big time now, but I know it's going to slip through. But yeah, I mean, you've... You've had so many crazy, yeah, crazy is the best way to describe it, adventures and challenges. Yeah, it's so funny because in my mind, I wouldn't describe it as crazy. Yeah, which is... Which is the crazy part, maybe. Which is the crazy part. So please describe to the listeners your adventures and, you know, describe it, Mm. why you did it as well, Mm -hmm. and some of the crazy experiences from it, it, yeah. yeah. No, that's so much fun. Yeah, so I'm not going to say exactly what the first one is. I'm just going to tell you the original sort of story going into it, mm-hmm. and then you'll hear it. So when I was like 15, 16, or like 17, I would always watch these YouTube videos of people doing these big adventures where they'll, they'll go and walk across China and they'll film the whole thing. And it's like you just all these landscapes changing and like all these adventures, all the ups and downs. It just seems so intense but beautiful. And I was like, it really stuck in my subconscious. And when I became... I think it was when I was around 20, 21, I was really just, there was something in me just yearning to go off and do something like that. And the idea had stuck, but I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. I knew I had to do some sort of adventure, something beyond myself and for a greater purpose. And I was like, well, do I do a bike ride? Do I do a walk? And then the idea of a walk just it stuck. And then I was thinking, all right, like this thought's not leaving me. Where could I go? I was thinking, well, I could do Melbourne to Adelaide. I was like, oh, like it just didn't scratch the itch. And then when I thought about Sydney, I'm like, oh, 
same thing. I was like, fuck, that's a long way to walk, but it's just the same thing. It's not scratching that itch. And then I thought Brisbane. I'm like, all right, Blakey, just relax. That's pretty far, you know. That's a very distant. far. It's very, it's a big distance. But then the idea of it just would not leave my mind like at all. Like I'd try and like tell it no, and it would tell me no as well. <laughs> and then one night, I went to bed, and I would have this dream where my best friend from year seven to year nine, she was in the water, and I was on a pier that must have been as big as a double story house, and she was in the water, and she's like, oh Blake, jump in the water, come for a swim. And then I dived in. And then as I submerged back up, cleared the water from my eyes and my hair, she said to me, Blake, what's the number one thing you want to do in the world right now? And I said, walk to Brisbane. And then I woke up in the morning and I just felt like I can't say no to it. Like it's, it's going to keep pushing on me and I just have to just do it. And then at that moment, I just like decided like, uh, I, think, I think I'm going to walk to Brisbane. My girlfriend was like, what? <laughs> Like she's heard me talk of it, and then like she was there when like so because I was like sleeping next to her, woke up I'm like I have to, I have to do this. And what age were you during that time? I think I was twenty or twenty one. Wow, mm. that's cool to have that such a definitive challenge like thrown at you at that age. That's yeah. cool. Man. I think I think around that age. I mean, I'm not. This is someone else's words. Elliot Hulse. You ever watched him? Some back, back in the old day, he was he had some cool videos, and they're not too bad now. But um, he said this one thing where it's like around that age, there's like a there's like a calling for a man to go and do something like that, like some sort of big thing, like a rite of passage, in that sense. True. And um, it's like it's very. He, I think he subconsciously ingrained in my mind that it's very important to take it in order to like properly move through it to the next thing. And I guess that must have just been like something wise I heard in my subconscious that was sitting there. That makes sense because I moved to Melbourne at 21. Mm. And I, during my acid trip at Rainbow, I had this calling to move to Melbourne. Yeah, wow. So I moved three weeks later. I was like, I have to move. Yeah. I you just, just knew. Just knew. You just knew. You, like, it was completely dark, but you know you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So yours was, was like that. to walk from Melbourne to, to Brisbane. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so what was the process after figuring out all right, this is my calling. Yes. Where to from there? Like what was the... Yeah, so straight away I'm like, all right, well, do it, do it by myself or do I do it with a friend? started thinking about all the friends and I was like, oh, uh, no, 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 no. And then one friend, I was like, yes, I could do, do it with him because it's very calm. And then I called him up. I'm like, hey, mate, you want to walk to Brisbane? He's like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm not joking. Like, do you want to walk to Brisbane? He's like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm not fucking joking. Like, seriously, seriously walk from Melbourne to Brisbane. He's like, yeah, sounds good. And then so two days later, I went to his house and we just started planning it, like the route, like how long it would take, sort of like what we want to see along the way. And then most of the training, like I didn't actually do too much physical training. Like I, would, I walked to work and home again a couple of times. It was like it was like 12 Ks there, so roughly around two and a half hours. And I would like sleep in my room on my sleeping pad and then like get up at like four to go walk to work to get there at like seven. So you were like training yourself to rough it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, training myself how to rough it. And it'd be like raining on a lot of work, get there. It's like, all right, mate, work boots on, let's go. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then I walk home and it's like starts raining again. <laughs> and I just like keep doing it. But I only did that for work maybe twice. And then there was like another day I did like a 16K one and I was like so sore. Like my calves were just like burning. And I was like, oh God, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah there was a lot of moments i think there's a lot of moments but they were sort of like instantly put away like of like oh shit i don't know like this is big 
but then it would it would never be like a dreadful thing it's like uh it's fine there's always be like i know i can do it which is so crazy really because it's like well how far is the walk 2300 kilometers wow yeah okay so <laughs> so the training was you basically were trying to live with less and like it used to yeah, roughing it, yeah. essentially. But I wasn't roughing it that much. Like That was one story. I did that like twice. That's it, really. Yeah. So sure. I didn't really train for it at all, to be honest. Okay. And I do, I've done like one overnight hike before it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like diving into doing it for 94 days is what it took. We thought roughly three months. So yeah, pretty accurate. Um, and so, yeah, how was, how was that experience? Talk, talk me through. Wild. Wild, yeah. yeah absolutely. So, so in flow. With life itself, mm-hmm. I think all the ups and all the downs. Um, but I will say back before that, I wanted to say as well, like when I was training, my main thing was just learning about the gear. Like it's like, it's like one of the biggest things, making sure you have all the right sort of stuff and making sure the pack's really light, all the little tricks. You learn them along the way. So dive in. If you want to do a big walk, just dive into it. Talk to me, message me. I'll give you my gear to use. <laughs> do it. And um. But yeah, when it came to the actual hike, it was just it was just profound. Like every single day you're walking, you're so sore, you're waking up. Like my pad didn't work for two of the three months. So I was literally just on the ground the, pretty much the whole time. The pad still had like, it would stop the, the ground from sucking the heat through me because it had like the insulation like layer to it, the foil through it. But like I was just on like rocks and like grass and... Not so, usually grass, not too much rocks, but sometimes I would have to be on like some gravel path. And I was learning to sleep on like the hard, flat ground. I would always be so stinky. Everyone, when we came into a town, every single person was like, they could smell us before they could see us. Like, bad. Wow. Yeah. And every time I wanted to shower, like once once a week or once every two weeks, like you just have like a shitty little hotel bar of soap in the shower. You just like take your shirt off and you wring it. And it's like, Wait, that you would, shouldn't be that color. You'd only shower once or once every two weeks. Yeah, well, we didn't. Was have that was that by choice? Yeah, there was nothing around really. I mean, if we really wanted to, we could like try find local showers and stuff. But yeah. at a certain point, you just don't care. I feel like you just don't give a shit. I feel like you could you could have showered more. I feel. Just Maybe. Call it. <laughs> well, it wasn't like I like I allowed my beard to like grow out and be nasty. Like I just looking good, I did not care. It was never it was never on my mind. Was it just like <laughs> it gets to a point where you're just like, well, what's the difference if yeah. I if I shower once compared to like once a week, I guess. Trust me, when you're that tired, you don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the last yeah. thing. It's like even like your food, you're like, yeah, I'll just get put it in me, like, I don't care what I eat. <laughs> wow. And yeah. So were you sleeping outside a lot of the time? Were you sleeping in hotels? What was the... So once a week, it would be like a rest day where like for one day you don't do it. So that would be like two nights at a hostel or hotel. Um, and then all the other time is just your tent pretty much. Some nights I wouldn't even set up the tent. I'd just like lay it out and just like sleep under the stars. And it would be like anywhere. Like I would go to people's front yards. Like when you go to a, like a playground, I would literally just sleep like in a playground and just anywhere I could. The very first night I was really anxious about where to set up, but it was like the most covered up area, but I felt so nervous being there. But towards the end, I did not give a shit. I'd be like set up next to a footpath and people would be walking past and like, morning. So you essentially like 
the care goes down. I think that's that what why it's so beautiful. It's because you're so in flow with the ups and downs and the beauty of it, like the sunsets after your legs being burnt, but then also not caring about what anyone has to say about it because you're on this massive purpose. It was so liberating. Yeah, that's crazy, especially at that age as well, man. Like, I know the you're right, like the calling does happen around that age, but there's not a lot of men or boys or guys that have had a challenge quite like that. And I mean, I dare say, I don't think a lot of people have had a rite of passage or would want a rite of passage as... It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Massive discomfort. How did you... Like, did you have any points during the trip where, like, you were in danger or there was, like, crazy stuff that happened? Like, talk me through some of the, the wild experiences there. So one day, this particular one, I, when you said danger, my mind went to this one straight away. But um, there was one day where we were walking and we went through, like, on our maps, offline maps, through this overgrown sort of path. It used to be an estate, not an estate, a reserve but it's been it's been overgrown for like 20 years so it was all covered in all this like it wasn't like a um prickle bush but it sort of was like the prickles would fall off really easily and it wasn't as aggressive as like a rose bush but it would still cut you up and uh, it was overgrown so for about seven hours we were like crawling through it smacking it with our sticks like seven hours of doing that is exhausting and we only moved like i think it was like six k's so usually like one hour you get five k's out of it so this was like horrible it was like 800 meters an hour really bad wow yeah and so we're going through there and it was turning into this swampland and just be like water everywhere and then we get to a point where we're expecting there to be a bridge like where it's going from one little spot to the next because it was in the wetlands and we get there and there's no bridge there at all we just walked like seven hours through all this prickle bush and there's no bridge and i'm just yeah and my my friend he would get really bad ear infections all the time so i i was so dehydrated i think i ran out of water happened a lot <laughs> get used to it wow and um so i swam over there and back like five times so it was like and it would have been the distance maybe like 10 meters so it's not too bad but doing it like 10 runs you get exhausted especially when dehydrated in a hot day because it was in new south wales higher up towards it was called like saint can't remember i'll find it later mm. um but then yeah i was like swimming across and i just felt really eerie in the water it was like it was really murky dirty water but it kind of was close to the coastline i just felt really eerie but um, i swam back and forth got all of my stuff all of his stuff on the other side then he got naked and he was standing there and like a boat started to come and he like it was like oh it covered up <laughs> he swam across we get really geared back up and then um keep walking there's going to be another bridge get there bridge isn't there again <laughs> we're like oh god but then this time it still had like the foundation so we could just walk across and it was up to like our our thigh sort of thing so it was okay we walked across and then we get to the other side and we see this massive sign and it's just saying all the sharks that are in the water and i was like that could have been really fucking bad because <laughs> i just i kept on picturing something just biting my belly when i'm swimming and i just felt so like oh it was just a, such a nasty feeling and like you couldn't really see the water right was it quite dirty like muddy like really clay sort of brown like that light brown but really dense yeah Yeah, gotcha and And like the tide was starting to go out too so it was sucking me out towards like the river side jeez yeah it was nasty 
Wow, that would have been quite yeah. especially when you're dehydrated, you're absolutely cooked physically. Yeah. So I guess you would have, I guess the big lessons through that was you would have built up a lot of resilience. Mm. You would have built up a lot of discipline, I can imagine. Like, For sure. There would have been times where you probably wanted to give up. I, You'd be surprised. Not once. Not once. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but it's like I don't say it in a praiseful way. I just say it as in like, I don't know. I just didn't see that as like a thing. Like I've started this. The amount of people that I told that I'm doing it, I started the Facebook page. I've got the sponsorships. I had three sponsorships. I had um, Vivo Barefoot Shoes, um, Cedar Summit Sleeping Gear, um, and then Backcountry Cuisine, like their dehydrated meals. So I had all these things. Everyone knew about it. I was on radio for it. And like I was in newspapers along the way. And like everyone knew about it. So it's like I don't have the option to think I can't do it. Mm. I don't, like I put my like when you're talking about like, building all the resilience and the discipline, it was like it's not like David Goggins doing it where it's all free will. It's like I'm out here and I don't have a choice. And that's why I think it was so sort of easy in that sense. That's why I think like anyone can sort of do it because it's like I'm in such a bad position. Like I could easily, you know, so many people pulled on the side of the road and said, do you want to lift all the time? And we're just constantly declining. But Wow, so um, no no lifts. No lifts. No, no assistance like no. that at all. The only thing was we originally when we were going to, um, so our whole route was we walked from Melbourne to Canberra. We sort of did like a curve. And then from Canberra, we went to Katoomba in the Blue Mountains. And our plan was because it was above Sydney, we were going to catch a train down and then keep walking from there. But instead of going from Katoomba to Sydney, because Sydney was blowing up with COVID at the time, and we weren't sure if we went there, we'd be able to get across the border to mm-hmm. Brisbane. So instead, we had four days on bicycles. So it's like when I say I walked there, it's like, well, there were four days on a bike, push bike. But I think we did like 420 Ks or something in four days. Yeah, that was hectic. I brought like a $50 bike off Facebook Marketplace Last one in town. He, my mate was trying to get one too. It was a very last book. <laughs> Bye. You wrote a book, yeah, hey? Yeah, I was still learning to read. And, then, um, <laughs> and um, this was the very last bike and it was horrible. It was too small for me. The seat was so hard. Like that was the worst part of the trip was riding the bike. Especially like a really uncomfortable bike seat. Was it one of those ones that like your gooch was just on fire Dude. the whole time? My situation was my knee started clicking because it was so like such a low bike and the seat was like, it would, this is going to be very visual, but it would like literally rip the asshole hairs out of my ass and I would have to like change. So you got a a free Brazilian. I did. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of cool though. But it was hair by hair over days. So it was like tweezing them out. Yeah, it was bad. Cool. Have they grown back? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, more stronger than ever. (laughs) (laughs) With pain, you grow. So I think my asshole has knew about it too. Nice, that's um, good. But yeah, that was that was a real bad time. I was like, there'd be times where I was crying because if I sat down, my I was copping it in the behind, and then if I was standing up, my knee was getting it. So it was not good. No, it's not good to cop it from behind. No. That's great. Oh, wow. God. But it, then I don't know where I was going with that. I was saying something earlier. That's, I mean, that's, that's crazy, fantastic. man. Like I genuinely, I remember when we first 
started to to chat more connecting i saw your stories on instagram anyone who wants to check it out i'm going to link some like while we talk about this you know in the podcast i'll link to some videos so go on bonk's insta and you'll be able to see the the craziness yeah i did see one where you i've had a few different adventures so that was the main catalyst. That was the big one. That's made me go like, all right, rest of my life, I have to go escape and do this wacky stuff. How many have you had? Um, well, after that one, I did a walk from Melbourne to Lake Entrance, which was only 11 days or 13 days in total. Two days I was at a side trance. I stumbled across it. You stumbled across the side trance, right? Yeah, and I partied. <laughs> That's my Mad. rest. Because I was going to be resting. Okay. And then someone messaged me saying like, hey, there's like this one local. I'll come pick you up. So like picked me up, took me there. Was that like Gippsland-y sort of way? Hey? Was that like Gippsland? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, out that way. It was lovely. Really good. That's cool. I just like jumped the fence for it. Man. Sick. <laughs> it was great. And then, um, yeah, that was going to be my rest, my rest day. So I stayed there, rested, but also partied, and then got dropped off to where I was and just kept going. There was 11, 11 days walking to Lake Entrance just by myself and just on content the whole time like it's on instagram mm-hmm. and like that's where i've like been like damn this would be so much fun just doing these adventures and filming them of course yeah i feel like a lot of people would be entertained watching you you know you're a, an interesting cat so i feel Thanks. like you'd be entertaining <laughs> i was like people would message me every day saying like the highlight of instagram was just like seeing if i've got like that purple ring around my name and they would like be yearning to like see what has been going on next of course so people that was a cool feeling you find that because people's lives are so mundane, you know, I mean, ours included normally in the day-to-day, mm. right? So when you see For sure. someone that's not a celebrity that you know or vaguely know doing something cool, you're like, oh, like I want to join in. Like you feel like you want to be a part of it, right? Because, you know, the nine to five is pretty, pretty boring. Yeah, so yeah. For that's sure. cool. Absolutely. So you did the lake entrance walk and mm-hmm. what was the other one that you did? I hitchhiked to Adelaide. Hitchhiked? Yeah. How was that? Great. <laughs> a lot of, yeah, I mean, I feel like in order to hit, pick up a hitchhiker and a hitchhiker, you have to be a pretty interesting person. So every time I was in the car, there'd be pretty open people. So okay. the conversations are usually pretty good. And because you know you're not going to see each other again, you can okay. just talk very freely. Yeah. So yeah. there's kind of like no holds barred. Like, yeah. I go, do you reckon some of them picked you up because they're like, man, I really just want to like unleash some shit on someone? You no, know, like, as what in, like, mean, just like emotionally, <laughs> like, well, it's like, as in like, they're like, all right, I really want to talk about some deep shit. Let's pick up this dude Hitchhiker. and just let's, just let's just ramble. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. I didn't go too deep. I was sort of the one because I was on such like a high of life. <laughs> I was the one who would like initiate all that sort of stuff. The Fair. Conversations. You usually. didn't have any like weird sexual requests or. No, 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 no not at all. They'll chill. For sure. I think that... You were like, chill? Yeah, yeah, I was chill. Oh, that's, that's good. Yeah, yeah. It depends. There was this one, like, 60-year-old guy, and he was packing. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, I'm such oh, a visual okay. thinker, so yeah, I just... Yeah. My uh, mind just went... I got you. Just went to a really dark place. <laughs> really, like, all I could imagine was... This like six year old dude for some reason he just had a really nice set of hair, and you could just <laughs> see his grey shorts and it's just like a grey shorts. What sort of shorts? Like the three quarter shorts? Yeah, and just yeah. like there's just like a just popping. Like it's like a whoopee cushions <laughs> down there, dude. 
Are you not sure whether if you... Like if when you jump into the pool with shorts and like big yeah. air bubble, you just like... Yeah. And he's just, yeah, he just stays in it. That's cool. Thank, thanks for that image. Oh, that's that was good. great. No, nah, but no no weird experiences with people really too much. Like there'd be this one guy, he like had a big business running along um, the Otways around there, like doing arborist work. He had most of the stuff there and he had like three dogs in the car. And he was like just like a lovely dude. Most of it was very relaxed, to be honest. It That's good. Yeah, they were just like, I don't know. I, there's a lot of people who were saying like, oh, you're hitchhiking. Oh, geez. That's dangerous. But mm. then doing it, you're like, it's not dangerous at all. Maybe for like, I think because like I'm a tall man who I feel confident when it comes to if there was going to be any sort of situation where I had to protect myself. So, but I mean, besides that, I'm not sure. For a woman, it was different. Of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess we... I get messages from girls all the time saying like, I wish I could do what you were doing with my hikes and hitchhiking. I've even gotten that with friends where they're like, oh, like, I wish I could. Like I would, when I was living in Paran, I would always walk home from Revs, Chapel Street, wherever I was. And they would just be like, oh, I wish I could do that. Because mm. I don't, when I'm walking back, I mean, the only time I'll ever think about me walking is if I'm too close to a girl. Mm. I'm like, oh, she's going to be super uncomfortable because I'm, I'm a scary looking dude. Mm. I have the worst resting bitch face ever. I'm a very friendly person, but you see me in public, you think that I ate a shit sandwich. Like my face is yeah, so yeah. rough. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to make them uncomfortable. Let's cross the street or. Like allow them to walk off for a bit. Like yeah. I might just go on my phone. And if I can go down a street and then cut across, like do whatever I can because I don't want to make them uncomfortable. But yeah, we do have that that privilege, I guess, where we don't have to be worried about people harming us yeah. and making us uncomfortable. Yeah, it doesn't occupy my mind that so, so much in that sense with like violence. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's a it's a beautiful way to be when you're just positive, right? Yeah. yeah. For sure. What, what were the main lessons from all your crazy adventures of sleeping on the footpaths, you know, hitchhiking? Just stuff that a lot of people listening have probably not done. What have been the biggest takeaways from your adventures in the past? Well, I'd say for everyone just to go out and just do it first and find out for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Of <laughs> but course. I think for my for my own learnings, is just you just have so much in the tank, so much more in the tank. Like every time my legs were sore, which is like all the time, you just walk it off, and it would genuinely work. And I think you can push through. You can just push through it so much more than what we think but it's like you have to break that seal first in order to understand that you can and then it becomes normal and it's like when you're sitting at that pain threshold of of uncomfortability then it's just normal and it's like you have more capacity to do more i think that's what i did mainly is it just like gave me a bigger fuel tank i think for where like i know where to stop so kind of and it went to all my areas of my life i think I think that was like an easy way to build the resilience for me in a sense because mm-hmm. it's like adventure, like there's a lot of fun in it. So, but it's sort of like gone to all the other areas of my life too. It's cool. Mm. So you would have, I guess, especially after your first experience, you would have came back very different, like so. in, in the best possible way, right? I think balanced. It, was, it felt really, really balanced because it was like the ups and downs was so much that you become like such a flow with life in the sense where if you think of it like an ocean, how it can be like this absolute wrath, like pushing like stones 
into like and just blasting water up the side of the cliff and it's like so aggressive and stormy or it can just be this beautiful calmness and it's like that sort of representation is in us so much and when you're doing an adventure it just seems to be like that's how you're living more in flow with life like the intensity mm-hmm. is so much more like when it's calm like the good moments on the hike is like i'm sitting down my legs are sore but they're like they're resting my 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 shoes and socks are off the wind's on me the sun is like setting i'm eating like this nice warm couscous i just made on the side of the road and it's just so blissful it's just ridiculously blissful compared to like just getting comfy on the couch it's, mm. It just hits such a different spot. It hits so deep inside of you that it's like, this is life. Can you hear that? Is that your stomach? Yeah, my stomach, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it must be getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I want some couscous. I think um, so, yeah. Yeah, it must. Mm. But then like the bad times where like I'd be in a tent and it's like thunderstorming and the whole thing collapses on me and I have to like pack up a massive wet setup and just keep walking with like a hoodie on and like, freezing but then eventually it'll just stop but you have to just endure the rain for that much time so it's like the intensity it just changes so much and it has this like profound beauty inside of you that's cool i guess you would have also been so grateful for the little things right like every good day that you would have walked in every blue sky when it wasn't too hot when it wasn't too windy wasn't raining you'd have been like oh this is awesome yeah yeah 100 percent. because that's like your baseline is like oh my god it's not raining mm. <laughs> and you're genuinely grateful for that cool. <laughs> yeah and it's like your baseline like you just don't need much like you don't need anything like all i'm living off is my backpack and that's it so when i came home to my room and saw all my stuff i'm like what i don't need any of this stuff i just literally lived in a tent for three months and but- do you do you find now that because of the adventures that you can live quite minimally, like you don't need much to kind of sustain yourself? Yeah, I also like trinkets. Trinkets? I like my trinkets. Yeah. For sure. Like my little spoons and I can really appreciate those like little cups and things. Mm -hmm. But like I can easily just like throw it out. Okay. So I've created a a detachment but an appreciation. I have seen your My Little Pony backpack. Oh, yeah. Is that a lunchbox or is it? I've got the lunchbox, the My Saddle Club. Saddle Club, the that's saddle it, club that's it, box. yep. Yeah, yeah, the tradies love it when I rock up to work with that thing. I bet, I bet. I open it up and it's just like berries and steak and it's like, this is living. <laughs> I like it, man. That's uh, You are a unique individual, which is why I think it's so cool. Everyone keeps telling me that. <laughs> yeah, and it's good. Like, there's not many people have the courage to just be themselves and like really. It's a practice. It is. For sure. It's a, it's a muscle. You have to keep on working it out. You have to keep on challenging yourself. Otherwise, I mean, you just get comfortable and you won't. Mm. Yeah. Comfort is the killer, Mm. the silent killer of all men. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's not, it's not easy to be authentic, but when you're genuinely just feeling very relaxed in what you're doing and the, like the way you want to move through your life, it's like, it's, it's just awesome. Of course. And I don't feel it all the time, but there's moments where I'm like, God, it's good. It's good to be myself. It's good, man. Yeah, and I'm sure, and every single person can feel that, but you can only find that from looking to yourself and your things you love doing. You know, like looking for other people. I've been on that route and like really trying to get like, oh, like, he's a great cook. I love cooking. I could become a chef. But it's like, it's not what I want to do, mm. you know? 100%. Mm. 
to get to find exactly what it is you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not, man. It's not at all. <laughs> no. Now, the next topic that I want to talk about is, so we've talked about your adventures. Now, I want to talk about your creative endeavors. So your artist name is Bunkley Strutt. Talk me through how you came up with that name firstly and what kind of art or creative processes do you go through? What's uh, what's your process in creating? I'm still trying to figure it out exactly what it is, but going back in the past as to what my process is, I have to feel very like free in order for me to create. If I feel like a bit tied down or in like not in a flow with myself, I, I just it can't really create that much. And my flow usually is like I was living in Sandringham in a house by myself and the lounge room, one of the two lounge rooms was my art studio. And it was amazing. Like I just felt like I'd walk around the house naked, having a having a joint and a cigarette and a scotch. And I would just like be painting and like whatever I wanted to do. And it was just like That's cool. It was beautiful. Yeah. Walking around when you have your own place, walking around naked is just the best feeling ever. Like dick swinging and yeah. you're just like no one's coming in and if they do, I don't care. It's my place. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just my swamp. Like, yeah, yeah. Literally ordering pizzas so you can open. Hey, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure they would have loved that. They would have given you a tip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, just oh, you were giving free. them the tip, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'd give them some tip. <laughs> a lot of tips. <laughs> just a tip, man. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh so oh God. but yeah, all the time I'd just be in my house, just like cruising around, going into the lounge room and just painting sort of whatever came to my mind. Mm-hmm. But um I think my paintings, they're very different to how I'm trying to make the painting, I find. Mm-hmm. What like, what style of art is there like a like I got no idea. Do they call it's it something? It's, yeah, it's very That's unique. What it is. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll put some photos up while we're talking. Yeah, like during the podcast. The so. But I almost like I have a yearning to move towards a different style, but I haven't even I haven't started it as much, which is strange. I think I've found the most sort of um, like it would bring a lot of stress to be honest, painting originally. Because okay. I because I cared about it so much, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It took the fun out of it. Yeah, not even the fun. It just stressed. Like I had my house, and it took me three months before I actually like I had the studio set up. It took me three months before I actually went in and painted. And like each time I'd walk past the lounge room, I would just be like, I knew that like my I have to go and do some like artwork like in in my heart, but like I was just like oh no the I was scared of the expression. Okay. Mm. As in scared of what was going to come out? Yeah, like the vulnerability of like making a mistake it was so scary. Because like, so, so I wanted to, if I had a sketch I wanted to do and like I have an idea for that sketch to be a painting, if I like do my first charcoal line and it's a little bit different, I'd be like, oh, my God, I just can't paint. Damn. Yeah. So like the process of learning myself to like allow to try and make myself do as many mistakes as possible was like that was like the goal in a sense and like i have to go fast like i'm a very very patient person like i can be in traffic for hours and i'm chilling 
But if I'm like painting, doing the slow painting, it just it does something to me. My patience is not there as much. So you just got to really be in the moment and just not think and just let it out. Yeah, it has to be like fast, like impact. Sort okay. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so not overthinking it. Mm. Yeah, it has to feel very expressional. Okay. Yeah, like I'm not sure if you saw me painting at um, Neon Falls this year, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just like working quick. Mm. I get that. It's if you fixate too much on something, then you will find the fault in it. Like you will just pull it apart. Mm. That's like me when I first started this podcast. I was like, I don't care. First, like, first take, cool. Mm. Like, if it's bad, it's bad, whatever. Like, I just can't redo it because mm. then you you just keep on. Keep on redoing it. Just keep on redoing it. Yeah. And you'll never be satisfied. And then no. it takes the fun out of it. It takes you out of the flow. Yeah. And it's almost like it's like the fear of being unauthentic, I guess. Like it's like the, you would hate to like really put so much like intellect into something and then realize you were like, oh, you're missing, you're missing the heart in it. And so I think that's what I was doing. And then I realized like, no, just go as fast as you want, be as expressional as you want. Lean into making as many mistakes as you can. And then I would find that I would naturally just do better work anyway compared to like if I like tried to make a perfect straight line and I'd be stressed and it was like never never would work. But the more, I think the same with like humans too, the more you lean into being authentic, the more that it just works and there's no like, there's no little hacks. I always say that in life, the perfection of life actually lies within the imperfection. So not stressing so much about things being perfect but making sure that they're a true representation of the moment. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Trademark that one. <laughs> I I really do love your, your humour that comes out in your creative processes as well. Yeah. I think... <laughs> I think a lot of people take themselves very seriously and, you know, especially with art as well, right, you're being so vulnerable, you're creating something from within. It's nice that you're able to bring that humorous, like, expression into it. Yeah. Was that a way like, of taking out the seriousness from the art? Was that like the to keep sure. it playful? A hundred percent, yeah. I think whenever I just have a non-serious approach to things, you can genuinely be in that sort of balance and flow state. But if you feel like you can't laugh, you're just not relaxed. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's true, man. Yeah. So I find like using humor, just like saying like out there wacky things. One, because I just think it's so just so hilarious. But it's also, it's just making everything like just work mm. subconsciously for everything happening around it. Mm-hmm. It brings like a lightness where it doesn't take away from like the getting it done though. It just It just adds to the like relaxation of it. Sort of like if you're... So you're like in a really intense game, like a soccer game or something. Like you're you're so involved, but you can easily understand that it's just a game, in that sense. But if it's all really serious, it's like you're putting it on such a scale that's so high that you can't even make a like a, a move. You can't even want mm. to go kick it. Like yeah, you know? putting it on a pedestal. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. What's your? I saw that you had a painting recently at an exhibition in Sazzy, is that yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Dark, was it next to Dark Mofo? It was on the same time as Dark Mofo. That's cool, so man. So there's going to be a lot of people going through to see it, hopefully. 
Yeah. Okay. Sick. That's exciting. And that was like the first time I tried a completely different style. And so that was interesting. There you go. <laughs> it came out really good. I loved it. How how do you get your paintings into an exhibition? Like how did that come about? Oh, right. So for that one, there was this guy. His name's Jimmy. And he's got a... Um, Shout out to own, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. And he's got this... Um, oh, what is, I don't even know how to describe it. I guess his own business in a sense. And he will help like get all artists to him so that he can then put their work out. So I guess like a middleman in that sense. Yeah, because I feel like I haven't dived into it that hard yet, really. I think I've still got some things to overcome with the fear and like the belief that I know I can do it. But like my vision is always knowing that I'm going to be like an artist. It's like just making like self-sustaining income from it and also like an authentic impact. Fear of failure? Is that the biggest one? What's the fear? Where does that derive from? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I feel like I'm trying to get everything else in order first, but I don't know if that's just a coping mechanism to not facing how much I want it. Procrastinating. Yeah, Mm. but all my procrastination is like, it is moving, Like I, but it's, yeah, still not like that exact thing. Like I will say like, oh, I don't have anywhere to paint. But then when I did that painting, because I had to, I literally rolled out a big dirty rug sat on the lounge room floor and just like did it for like hours that one night before I sent it off. Like just, I just did it in a few hours just before I actually had to send it. And then that was it, packed it up. So I could still do it, you know, but I'm sort of making up bullshit as to why I can't. Yeah. yeah. Kind of running away from the responsibility mm. of your, of your calling, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Your, your mind will find every excuse in the book to, to not to not do, do it. to not do it yeah because and i always find if you put that task there like i got to do it you'll do every other task as well even avoiding before that one you like <laughs> yeah yeah I procrastinating will. man because if you think about it, that fear of failure that fear of almost rejection as well especially when it comes to art right like mm. if you make something and it's not well received that's a part of you that's being inherently rejected mm. by the world yeah, and you, you do done. things to yourself like, oh, no, I'm going to paint today, but, you know, first I'll just um, sort out a few more things and then I'll listen to a podcast and have a coffee and make sure that I'm really prepped for this moment. And so you just spent like four hours before you even like just actually did what you need to do where you could just go, oh, no, you need to get it done. Let's do it. That's it, man. Yeah, and I definitely, I feel like I've only started to break that. Like that was something that was like very present in my day-to-day. But now it's, I don't know feel like I'm just going like, let's just do it. The action is like overcoming all the talking mm-hmm. in that sense, which is a really beautiful new frame to step into. It's very fresh. Um, but then again, like right now, that's just words. And you just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's always the case of less talk, more do. Mm. That's uh, one, of the, one of the things that I always drive into myself. I do find even in moments when I have something to do and I have my like little list for the, for the day, sometimes the stuff on the list that I'm doing, mm. although it's maintaining or sustaining maybe still my looks helping. or whatever. Still like helping, but it's not the thing you it's know not, you need to do. It's not the thing. It's not the thing that's going to produce the biggest ROI. Mm. And it's it's always the thing that's going to produce the most that's the scariest because there's a lot more at stake. There's a lot more risk For involved. Sure. Yeah. It's just like a yeah, developing a relationship with that tension and that like fear like allowing it to sit there of course because you can't 
Like it's going to be there. But the more you attack it, the less it's going to be like a genuine scary thing. It's going to be like, oh, it just comes with it. Very true, man. When do you just wanted to like touch on with your creative process mm. and your expression, do you find that through art it allows you to express what's inside? Like what are you expressing when you're creating the artworks? Uh, no, I find out after I do it. Okay. So honest. it's just kind of like your... It just happens. Like you're getting there and you're like, all right, let's see what what mummy pulls out of the oven. <laughs> what an analogy. <laughs> oh, no. Let's see what mummy pulls out of the oven. Oh, my God. I guess so. That's, you know, it's going to be a roast turkey. Is it going to be... Potato, like I had no idea. That was um, that was a prime example of my creative process. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea where I was going no, with I'm that. I'm very visual too, so like I was going on like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you what, but if she's pulling out roast vegetables, uh, you're not having it. Mummy's in the bin. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it sound like that? <laughs> oh my god! I think saying mummies is really just mummy in general. It's just got a, it's tainted. Yeah, it's really rogue. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That's great. Mm. <sighs> Where were we? <laughs> Talking about the creative process, like it's sort of like what I'm trying to express. Why am I doing it? Mm -hmm. Is that the question? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I usually just, I just feel like I just have to do it. Usually it comes out in writing because I don't have as much of a fear. So I'll, I'll write so many different things. Mm -hmm. And then I might not even, usually I won't agree with all of it when I go back and read it, like if I'm in a different mood. Mm -hmm. But at the time it was like very true. And I'll just read it and say, like, hmm, it's interesting. Okay. Like it's very, it's a like abstract reflection of that particular mood. Because I feel like every single mood, you can sort of generalize like, oh, yeah, there was anger, sad, or it was mm -hmm. like joy and like feeling really clear. But they're always like every single mood you've been in is completely different. Of course. Every single time. And like oh, that's like. It's a snapshot in time. It is. It's, it's like that current, that mood that you were in then won't necessarily be the mood that you're in a week later, a month later. It's like a snapshot of. Yeah, just your emotion and mm. what you were feeling. Mm. It's cool that you're able to channel that and yeah. then create something like through that process. Yeah. And I think what I'm trying to figure out with my sort of creative process or just like how I express myself in general is like it'll go from like absolute like depths of different things and like really trying to understand it to then going into like obscurity of mm -hmm. like humor, like just like really wacky stuff that you're like, oh, what? Like that's cool. I would go on my phone and have a look now, but like it just jumps from like sort of what is the meaning of being alive to going like imagine like throwing eggs at like a guy at a pizza shop or like and just like like entertaining different thoughts and it like nice. jumps from thought to thought. That's cool. Yeah, and like yeah. just playing with like what would happen in that. And I don't know. I feel like entertaining thought is like really really fun. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe I use the the humor and going down that route to like help balance how deep it can go at times. 
I get you. Yeah, it kind of mm. keeps the keeps it non serious. It keeps you detached. It's good because if you get too deep, I even found when I was writing out the first couple of episodes of the podcast, just trying to get my brain around it. So then, when I would talk, I would talk kind of more fluently. Mm. It was just so deep. Like when you talk about your teenagehood and stuff, I was just like, man, my brain is just so serious right now. It's just like, yeah, I had to go back to the the crappy points of life. Like, how do I? drag myself out of it for sure yeah and i'd find i'd go yeah. on my reels on instagram and they would pull me out of it There's yeah. a lot of south park i would <laughs> yeah the algorithm's pretty the dark humor's on mm. for my for my algorithm thank you insta for that one have you talked about that too sort of like the process of you writing up what you want to talk about as well like not really not like in great depths it's kind of almost like a journaling process really for me so i mm. would i would go all right what period of life do i want to talk about you know like what snapshots to say if it's like 13 to 16 then i would because i'm very visual i would actually pull myself back into those times almost like rewinding like a videotape mm-hmm. i would go back to when i was 13 and then have snapshots of time that really stuck out to me and then i'd play it in my head and yeah. then I'd be watching myself go through the pain again and then writing down those experiences. And it was it was pretty intense. I had yeah. to take so many breaks just because my brain was just like mush. And it'd be exhausting. It was very exhausting, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, very emotionally exhausting, which is why like it's such a it's a good thing to do though, because then you can understand it in such a clarity. You, yeah, I didn't realise how much pain I went through as a kid until I actually started going through the reflection i'm like wow like i actually was unhappy for majority of my life like yeah. at least a good 23 24 years i was just constantly up and down so yeah for sure because like the man you are today compared to like all the stories you had like i found that like like maybe i think you're intentionally trying to do it but like i don't think you realize the impact it has like understanding like where you've come from and like, all the ups and downs like to who you are now because i see you now and it's like what like you're such an amazing man and oh, there's so many you, things about you that i'm like i want to like have that in me as well and like carry that on through with my life oh likewise dude yeah absolutely and um like seeing like that you've gone up and down through all of the shit and not in like a way where it's like it's just so human and it's like to hear that like we are all human is so important of course and i think that's so sick that you can push that through this i think it's like going into it when i first started this it you know, I felt like I needed to speak. Like I'm, I love storytelling. I love mm. being able to go deep, right? I feel like it's as I've gotten older, I'm realizing it's a skill that many people just don't have the tools to do because mm. they haven't been able to access that part of themselves. And yeah, it's been great just like having so many males come forward and just tell me what the podcast has done for them and how relatable they feel and. You know, it's it is crazy once you start talking to more men. It's like, man, we've gone through so much similar stuff. Yeah, like yeah. teenagehood sucked for. I don't know many that had that like chill, yeah. Un, you know, like, chaotic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, it's cool. I just want to empower men to not feel alone. To yeah. realize as well that you know, through the conversations that we're having. 
mm. on this podcast now and you know the one with Cooper and I'm going to bring, you know, Ethan, Jammo, et cetera, mm. on as well. I also want men to see what kind of friendships they really need to be forming in their 20s. Yeah. Because they say it all the time. It's like a really corny thing, but, you know, you are who you hang around. Dude, so much. And it's wild. If you hang around dogs, you're going to get fleas. Yeah. Or herpes or who knows? something else. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? But it's true. Like you really feed off who you hang around mm. and you are either going to grow with them or you might stay the same or you might even just get worse. Get worse. Yeah. I think like no matter what you're doing, you're always growing. But you're either growing as like a beautiful garden or as mold. Mm. But you're always like in a, some sort of developing situation. Your, env growing, your environment's everything, hey? Yeah. For sure. That's so true. I see, I would just, I don't, I've always wanted to keep changing, keep getting better. Like we've spoken mm. about this previously. Like, but my yearning to be normal is scary. Biggest fear in life is mediocrity. Yeah. Yeah. Being mediocre, being like everyone else scares the crap out of me. Mm. It's the one thing that gets me out of bed early in the morning, gets me to the gym you know, five out of seven days a week gets me to doing things like this where, you know, this stuff is uncomfortable, but mm. like I don't want to yeah. be doing a nine to five job for the rest of my life where yeah, I'm excited for the weekend and I'm looking forward to my four weeks of holidays a year. F that's that. That's scary. That's crap, man. Yeah. My dad the other day mentioned to me, he's like, oh, Liam, like, it's like, oh, how are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, like, I prefer if it was the weekend, you know, Monday came around too quick. I'm like, man, I don't want to be saying that shit when I'm almost 60. No, no, no. Not at all. Like, and nothing to take away from my dad. He's an absolute legend, works his ass off. It's just that particular thing. It's just that, that really invokes like some the, fear. It scares me, man. Yeah. We're, we're a generation where we've had the immense opportunity where our families have, for the most part, our families have worked their absolute asses off. Mm slaved away at a job that they do not want to do and we have all the options in the world, mm. so many options. We suffer. We have so many options to just be anything. Mm. Like we can literally be anything that we want. We have that choice. We have the, you know, we don't have kids. Most of our parents had a couple of kids by now. For sure. So it's yeah. like we have this golden opportunity to be anything that we absolutely want to do but so many people... Are yeah. just wasting their time being around people that don't push them to be better, mm. doing things that are not serving them at all. And it's like, when are you gonna wake up to yourself and go, yeah. I want more? Yeah. Cause, yeah, you, like, that's a scary day when you're like 40 and you wake up and you haven't been doing the things you know you should be doing. Yeah. Just from fear or lack of like care. That's a scary thought. Yeah. Yeah, that motivates me a lot for sure. What's this saying? It's like you can run away from your consequences, but your consequences. Oh. What? What's the one? I, I haven't heard this particular one, but it sounds like you're saying you can run it. You can like, you can do things and regret things, but you you can't run from like the things you didn't do. Like you can regret the things that you did do, but like, fear like regretting not doing something is like so much worse. I guess. Yeah, yeah, same token. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's true, man. Like, 
I would much rather be bold in my decisions in life and fail and have egg on my face and, you know, do those sort of decisions than to play it safe and to just skim through life at like 50% yeah. of what I could be as a person. Yeah, I'm just thinking now, I think that's probably a huge motivator for the hike. Mm. Mm, that innate feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it probably was like so deep in me. But that would have been a massive thing. Of course. Like I have to do this big thing. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Got it, man. And yeah. so much good comes from those big, scary, life-altering decisions. Every time I've had a crazy life decision to make, they've always paid off huge. Mm. Huge, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to touch on too earlier when you're talking about with, with friendships, like having friends who don't keep you accountable. I think a thing that ties men together is if they are healthy relationships or not is if you two were walking down like an alley and all these people came out to like jump you, if they would help you or run away from you. Like I feel like innately like my best friendships are the ones that I know they would have my back mm-hmm. in that situation. Of course you want men that will essentially go to war for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a such an underlying thing to true friendship. It's... You know, we spoke about it earlier about the amount of men that don't have close friendships. I would say, like, for me through, you know, making friends, the number one influence in getting better friends was getting better myself. For sure. Was becoming a man of value Mm. and going, all right, well, if I'm hanging around X, Y, and Z, why? What, what am I doing to attract these sort of people? What can I do to change that? And how can I change my circle? Yeah, absolutely. And it's becoming that thing yourself and being able to give. Like if people feel like you would go into battle for them, you can like, that's like opening an opportunity to be reciprocated of course. and build off that. That respect, right? Mm, for sure. I mean, it won't work for everyone because you can have people you would go into battle for, but they won't. But you have to determine if that's, you know, if that's exactly right for that situation or you have to exit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but most of the time if I feel like they can't, I don't want to keep building it. So I guess you've got to give the tester, but I think it's important to always be the one to, to give first. Of course. To show like, look, I'm, you're my, my man, I can protect you. That's it. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to give without that expectation, right? Mm. And it's like you're essentially just putting your trust in that person. Mm. And look, if they don't, if it's not, receive it's not reciprocal then you know and it's like you just move on and Mm. you you might still love that person like that person but you want people in your circle that you respect for sure that's probably the most important part like do you respect this man Mm. if you don't you can still like them but you need people in your inner circle that you respect Mm. that are making you better for sure because at the end of the day i was listening to this guy talk about um christianity and he brought up a topic about similar to this in the sense where if you live, like when you die, people remember you from your character, mm-hmm. what, how like how you were as a person, how you would like hold yourself with your values, how would you would be service to people. They don't remember like like the embarrassing thing you did or like the how much money you had or what sort of car you drove and all that stuff. It's always like just the character and like the love you would give them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like. That's like how you should base like how you want to move through your life and also the friendships 
You yeah. have to. Of course. Yeah, how much like someone's willing to be of like true caring character. Yeah. Mm. That's a, that's probably a good segue, man, to the next nice. So, so I like well. that. Yeah, you did set that up really well. And <laughs> that is developing a relationship with spirit and God, whatever anyone wants to call it, right? Mm. Having spirituality, it's it's a very interesting topic. It, and it it's interesting because it's like, man, you can just, there's so many. So many holes to go down. Yeah, there really is. Yeah. And I guess my take on it is for me, having that belief in a higher purpose, bigger than yourself, putting faith and putting gratitude towards the universe that's mm. kind of what i pray to is the is the universe is that source mm-hmm. it really just is a missing link in what was my life and i think for a lot of people as well man i can show you one of the biggest things at the moment mm. absolutely because i'm noticing like a pattern where everyone is like their own way is the best sort of way in that sense where it's like they're wanting like the, to chase the money or like the different sort of fulfilling things in that way. But with the spirituality side of things, they're just sort of doing it however they think they should do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, because I was spiritual and I would sort of just, it would be very floaty. There was no ground to it, but yeah. I would feel very spiritual and like I'd feel very like very fairy, like, oh my God. But I think like recently I've been diving more and more into the text purely out of curiosity and mm-hmm. I hold a lot of skepticism because I like want to know just like the truth. That's like the important sort of thing. I'm like, there's mm-hmm. a yearning to understand. It's not like diving into, it's like if you dive into a marriage, you want to make sure it's a trustworthy thing to dive into. So as I'm reading it, I'm just allowing it to like, allow myself to ponder. But my curiosity has just gotten more and more. And I'm finding that it just makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's sort of like there's an authority in it. And that's why people are turned off it, I think, so much. Where like people want to be, just like floating in like my way is sort of the best way I'm going to do what I want to do. But having that authority, it it can really keep you grounded when you don't know what to do. Of course. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does have like religion especially has a really bad rap. It makes sense too because that's like it's man's doing. Exactly. Mm. I think that's the, like I get it. Like religion, like the the higher ups, the corporation point of it, like I don't like it either. Oh, yeah, no, no. I don't. It's evil. No. It takes when, away from what it's really trying to say too. It does. It's very tainted. I think it, you know, humans inherently anything that we touch will eventually be used for evil, unfortunately. Mm. Any good idea, it starts off, any idea starts off good. Yep. And then it gets into the hand of humanity and then it will eventually inevitably become evil. I think to add on to that, it's when it becomes to fulfill oneself thing. If it's like staying there to maintain like the higher purpose, Mm -hmm. it only becomes tainted and, and evil, I think, when it becomes like of this world, when you want to use it to gain. You know what I mean? Greed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like some people think like, in the sense of praying to God or Jesus or any sort of um, method of prayer, you're doing it because you want to do it like a genie, like, oh, I want this thing. And you're like using it to like want things. 
and it's like it just it just never it just never works but using this as like a when it talks about different topics because there's so many like brash sort of topics within the bible when it talks about um confessing your sins like the idea of that's like oh like what but all it ultimately means is like genuinely like you have a moral compass and you're genuinely feeling regret or knowing that it just wasn't like the right thing and when you finally go like like yeah you admit it and you tell the truth that's when it releases from you and that's sort of like what it's trying to talk about i don't know what i talked about earlier yeah, <laughs> I, moved, I moved a little bit there so we were on something else talk about your journey to faith to religion what was your like were you religious growing up at all or how no. did you how did you get to the point now where you're reading the text curiosity mm-hmm. just curiosity my mom's always read it and she said a few things and that would just sort of yeah spark curiosity i think because i'm so open i'm just like happy just to dive in and read it and i wouldn't i wouldn't say i'm having any titles and i don't think that the way i'm approaching it i will have any sort of titles with it but um the more that I read it, the more it just makes sense. I've never read something that articulates internal, the internal works of a human so well. And it's like, like everyone, when you talk about it, the Bible, people want to, they get like pushy away from like they want to mm-hmm. push away from it. But I've just, I just find it like so amazing how there's something here that talks about the inner works of humanity so well. How like, because I can feel it in myself, like wanting that animal side say like i get cut off in traffic like i just want to get out there i just like a picture like bashing them you know and it goes Mm. there and it's just like it's so in me and like people don't ever talk about that but like that shadow side of me that that is in me Mm -hmm. so much and if i like like if i'm just stuck in that animal side then me doing that is natural you know Mm -hmm. what i mean because that's a natural feeling but that doesn't mean it's like right so i'm finding from the book it's saying like there's always like conflict within ourselves because our flesh and our spirit are the ones that are having that internal war. And I just found it so, so interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So it's like your ego self versus your spirit, essentially, in a way? Yeah. I'm not too sure if I would use ego even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I almost feel like it's like the nature of it. Because like naturally, it's like it's in me to go out and try and spread my sedum on humanity as much as I can. But in order for me to like just go and do that, it's just we sort of know that's not right mm-hmm. as well. And it will make you like it will, I can feel as though that would like disconnect my connection to why I'm actually here. Okay. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, true. And so, so your journey through... I guess, finding the text. So growing up, didn't really go to church, no, no, nothing like that. Not at all. Early adulthood. I thought it was stupid. That was stupid? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. Absolutely. Fair. I, I did was, as well. I just thought like uh, these old people just like having like a blind faith, like seems a bit like you just can't handle reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to a Christian school and because mum's a psychic, when she was learning they would tell me that my mum was working for the devil because she was talking to dead people. And then right after I was told that, the, what are they called? Reverend? Uh, no, that's Catholic. I'm not um, too sure what they're called, like the pastor? The 
the something the i'm not familiar with the, the lingo the linguini um said to me he was like <laughs> i was sitting there the linguini spoke <laughs> but he's like me you <laughs> He said to me, like, oh, your mum works for the devil. Oh, and children, this one time when we were performing an exorcism on this lady and, like, went through this full story about how he exorcised a demon out of this lady, how she ripped the bathroom baddie off the wall. Oh, my God. And I'm like, how is that any different to my mum talking to people's loved ones yeah, and yeah. giving them comforting messages yeah. from beyond the veil? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's the thing that I get worried with with churches and religion and stuff. It's like, it's um, it's keeping itself really boxed in the whole time, and it's sort of like it's laying out the rules. I went to a Catholic, what do they call it, mass the other week, and I was just curious. I wanted to get back into church, and they kept on saying that only Christians would go to heaven. I didn't like that, man. No, I'm like, why do you the the, the boxing in again? It's yeah. like because it's like saying if you don't have a very very particular certain of living, mm. then you're going to be like you're just less. I think the annoying thing takes away from the text so much about religion is like they're all preaching the exact same shit. Mm. They're all basically telling the exact same story, which is that there's a higher purpose, there's a higher force, there's some something that created everyone right the creator mm. and that you should live these certain principles that don't harm anyone so then you go into the afterlife and your spirit doesn't go to some sort of damnation it's like mm. you're all just talking about the same thing you're all talking about being connected being loving being you know of service it's like why does there have to be one particular group that's better than the other it's so dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's taking away from like the actual what it's really trying to say where it's like if you if you want to be free of judgment, do not judge as well. Yeah. And it's like you sort of if you know that something is like is correct, like say that let's say for example it is the way, it is the only way and you see everyone else looking at the mm -hmm. false things, then of course you're going to try and like rope them in. But in the process of doing that, they're losing touch with their own truth. Of course. Of like trying to put them lower like why should it be that the only people that deserve your love and your devotion and forgiveness and all that thing is the people that belong to your own faith mm. it just kind of defeats the whole purpose of religion and yeah for me man it has been conflicting in that regard because i want to you know i've been listening i've been reading the text but listening to the text as well mm. and it's been great like psalms it's like yeah. really opened my eyes to... You just like listen to it, the actual source, I believe, not people. We taint it because we end up, as you said, like naturally we try and see how we can look in the better light mm -hmm. with it. Of course. Mm. And so when did you get into spirituality or some form of faith? What was that moment like for you? spirituality itself like just knowing like there's something more i think i've always had it a little bit mm -hmm. but then it, it intensified for the hike i okay. think i think when i was on that i could i was like feeling so much more in life wow that's when it was like sort of opening up and then about a year after that i had a mushroom trip and then i really like something just healed in me like i looked at myself in the mirror 
I was like, you're like a man now. On you're shrooms. Not, yeah. Looking at yourself in the mirror on shrooms is yeah. I- interesting. Mine wasn't too crazy of a dose, so I didn't change at all. Okay. It just stayed like on me. But uh, like everything else was moving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. nice, nice. But um, yeah, I just like that, that really like invoked the inner work so much. Like in like wow. seeing it like come out. And I was like, whoa, like it really is something there. And it's sort of like after that, I was like just so like, this is really interesting. Like the whole internal works. It really opened that up for me. Crazy. made me more and more curious. Yeah. True. And then when did you get into reading the Bible? Was that soon after that or was yeah, that a... I, um, I think I even brought it with me and kept it open just in case something evil was going to come in the room. Just because I didn't know anything about the book, but I'm like, I'll just have it here and open. Sounds like a safe safeguard. <laughs> True. <laughs> but then, yeah, I would sort of look into it maybe like a year after it. I've only really been looking into it for like two years mm-hmm. and very lightly, like picking it up ever so often. But now it's like, it's just becoming more and more like open. Like it just feels like it's answering so many questions that I've been curious about. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm just maintaining myself not to be getting really fixed into it it's like allowing it to show itself of course yeah but i'm just trying to articulate and understand the way that it's talking about certain things mm-hmm. i guess like proverbs there's things in there it talks about let's get it open what have we got oh proverbs look at that Straight open whoever loves discipline loves knowledge but he who hates correction is stupid so that's saying like not being able to receive criticism is going to keep you at like a lower state of like growth you're not going to grow Mm. from it but i would just sort of read that sort of stuff and it was just like yeah it's just wisdom and it's just true Mm -hmm. so reading it as if it's like any other self-help book and being like all right like i want to learn from this and isn't it crazy that even though it was written thousands of years ago it's still so relevant today it's like humans haven't changed yeah that's right it's like it's like a psychology book but it's so more so much more deeper and accurate Mm -hmm. compared to all the ones because that's what they're crazy it's like self-help at the moment Mm -hmm. and i just thought i looked into this thing i just found it was better it's more authentic or something like it was more natural it's like with all the self-help books you know you know they're putting a bit of mayo on it like Mm. you know that they're designing it so then people buy the book it's, it's true though right like people uh you know when they create these days there's that intention there where you know back then when they were writing i don't know who was writing it but like yeah i'm still learning all those bit. old geezers were writing the book yeah they were just writing their wisdom down they had no you, you always know that you apparently say that, though it was getting channeled through them but i don't know i don't know I've fucking got no idea what's going on. True. This thing. Seriously, like I'm not going to claim anything. I'm just super curious. But it, but it hits different because of how old it is. Yeah, and like they're just, this is coming from their most authentic self. Mm. And like, uh, yes, there are some pretty whack things in the Bible. You know, For sure. Which is fine. But like, so is there in every single other book ever? Mm. Like, you don't have to fully agree with something to then not absorb it and learn from it. I think that's a really, it's a really low form of thinking, thinking that, oh, because this doesn't 100% agree with my views, I can't take it and learn from it. Mm. 
Like I've even on Insta, I follow people that I purposely go against my views on diet and lifestyle mm. because I still learn from them. Like you, you need to. You can't just put yourself in a box. Mm. And it's it's cool, man. I'm glad that you are finding so much knowledge from it. You know, my yeah. you know, it's funny, man. My I really was without faith for a long time. You know, growing up in a spiritual family, like I I saw the spirit side of it, like genuine yeah, yeah. spirits. Like I, I saw ghosts. Yeah. So I knew that there was more out there. But how I became back into faith was mm. hilarious, right? So we were at a kick on in Richmond mm-hmm. doing naughty things and we're just around the table and this guy's just like, do any of you pray? I'm like, what in the heck is this guy about to yeah, talk yeah. about? Like, you know, anytime there's like a Bible but basher. even that, it's like you feel like the, like the shrug up, like the hairs on your neck, just the word pray. Dude, like, I was, isn't that interesting? I was just like, this guy better not be at 4 a.m. in the morning about to do some Bible bashing. I was mm. like, I'm just not, I'm too stimulated right now. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah. But it was around the time of the lockdown. He's like, well, yeah, I started to pray every day and I've had some really like crazy experiences where he had like this witch come over to his house and like put dark magic in. He like tried to do like voodoo dolls and like curse him and stuff. And Jeez. just like a lot of evil, right? Because mm. that's the thing. There are much as people want to be ignorant to it there is a lot of evil in this world and some people are it's of this world this it is world. it's it a is. devil's playground it is mm. exactly and our flesh loves it mm-hmm. we love vaping i used to smoke heaps mm-hmm. i would still want to smoke <laughs> yeah yeah, and yeah it's, it's like it's like the playground like temptation all around us all the time of course yeah and so yeah this guy started mentioning that he just prays every day says what he's grateful for and that his fear just evaporated and during that time during covid so much fear mm. like it was a very stressful time and he just said it in a way that wasn't forced and i was like hmm i like that you just brought Set that up. up i was like i'm gonna just gonna pray and so i started to pray after that and yeah lo and behold i've been praying was that two three years ago now been yeah pretty much praying every single day Mainly gratitude, so just saying what I'm thankful for, thanking for the lessons, thanking for my life. Like it's to the point now, man, where if I'm at a T intersection, I need to cross like four lanes of traffic or whatever, Mm -hmm. and I get to go straight through. I'm like, oh, thanks, universe. And I was like, any any little thing, I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and that just propels you so much further to keep on looking for those things. It does. If you if you can be thankful for just the tiny things in life and that you can put that mindset where it's like the universe has my back. The universe is designed for me Mm. in a way where it's helping me and it's nurturing me, then your life will just change Mm. and it will become so much better. For sure. And I think I'll touch on that is uh, talking about like having that faith and it's sort of like you want to encourage it to be the way that, it's supposed to be rather than just your way because it's almost like a, a child like, who wants to just like constantly eat lollies mm. but you're telling them like no no like do this this is like the way that will really like help you and it's like having them like eat like all healthy food 
not vegetables for you, of course. Of course. No. No but vegetables. Then, um, but then like, yeah, and then they grow up and they're healthy and like they're really strong compared to like just allowing their way to happen. And that's sort of like the way I'm looking at it more. So if I ever like, when I do pray, I always sort of say like, allow, allow your way, allow you to step in and sort of help me make these decisions because I was feeling so all over the shop just very, very recently. I had like a crazy experience recently. And I was all over the shop and really desperately trying to find truth and my purpose, like what, why am I here? What's happening? And I would just like, the more that I would like surrender and be like, just you, you do it for me. And like I would read the book more and more and I was just fine. like I just wanted like some sort of answer. And I, like there was so many things that I wanted to do and like about th- literally four times a day, my purpose was changing. And so it was like, just my mind was like, I don't know like what's going on. I don't know what to do. And then I just like really like said, like you let your way be like the way to do it. And like overnight, it just like became so clear as to what I have to do exactly. And then I just made, I've made the decision and I've just relaxed so much. So that, and then the day after that happened, I was on a run. And I was just, I kept on thinking about it and I was trying to understand how like, like Jesus' teachings were the way. I was still learning so much about it, but then I kept on thinking about it. And I was talking about how like, if you if you forego judgment, you will not be judged and all this sort of stuff. And I was really realizing that like, the only reason I judge is because I think I know the right way to do things. But if I just like allow it to be like, yeah, look, they're human, they're trying to, maintain this like battle within themselves as well as I am like just human then I everything just sort of relaxed and I just felt like a real deep connection to source and I literally got on my knees and I just like was crying in this run and then I just like I got up and I kept running I just felt so full of life like similar to when I was on my hike it just full of like this life force energy that I could literally do anything I could speak so articulate and I was in like this immense high flow state just simply from thinking about what this is trying, this book's trying to talk about. It was wild. And that's like, you can't ignore that. Like, I don't know. Like, talking about, like, Christ is such, like, a thing that you shouldn't really even do these days because we're so used to worldly pleasures. But I don't know. It just, it seems all too true to me, mm. you know? And it's just, I'm trying to figure it out. But, I mean, it's a very beautiful thing to be going through right now, for sure. That's cool. And then that night, I had a dream that I went to this like gold exchange shop and there were these two men who were in the store and they were like ex-military men. And I was talking to them about the Bible and Jesus and they were talking to me about it too, that they're sort of followers. And uh, I said to them like, yeah, look, I'm just looking for like a, a healing, you know. And he, he put his hand over me and he said, Jesus worked through me to heal this man. And it was almost like I was flashbang. Like everything went white and I was almost like in the dream and in real life I was on a surgery table and I got like the electric shock and it happened to me like I could feel it like I nearly woke up and then I was like in the dream it lasted for two seconds like that white space and then I was back sitting down on a bench and I was like that was that was not nothing and I woke up and since I've woken up like the next morning I've just been so free like I don't feel like I'm judging i just feel so relaxed and it's just like profound that's awesome yeah it's really interesting 
And I'm just like allowing it. I'm not putting any labels. Mm. I'm just like playing with the whole curiosity of it. And yeah, I'm just, there's a lot of things that shouldn't be ignored about it, I guess. Have a look, read the book. Don't worry about what people are doing because it's hard for us not to taint things. Of course. <laughs> I think, yeah. Of course, man. And, and you did right, like being curious and open to learning and just letting just letting it happen. Mm. Whatever good comes from it, just, just surrendering to whatever good, whatever experiences that you have. It's just you gotta just gotta have faith, mm. really. Yeah. Absolutely. That's crazy. That's such a cool experience that you do hear about it like quite often where people will have these profound moments where it's like Whoa, like what was that? Yeah. that like, and sober too. They're yeah. the ones that are like, that's very interesting. Of course. Yeah, they're the ones that make your eyebrows like rise. Mm-hmm. Like what was that? It's almost like I know a lot of people need to see something to believe it. Mm. And it's almost like that was like your little, hey, like. Keep looking into this. Keep keep going. Yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. What yeah. would you say for anyone that's curious about the text or just curious about getting into this some form of faith or religion. I just don't want to put a label on it because yeah, it's, yeah. it's just more like just getting curious about, you know, something that's more. Would you say that reading the Bible is a good place to go? I mean, I personally downloaded an app where it reads it out. Yeah. So I just pick a certain chapter and then it like, it's like an audio book and mm. that's free. So that's been really good for myself but yeah where would you say is the best place to start to start looking well yeah you have to have like a real open approach i think that's like a very important thing to have there but i just in me it feels so true that we're we're not just here we're not just cells on accident mm-hmm. we're just sort of like here because then that because then that contradicts like having morals in the sense where if we are just here and doesn't you know we're just cells and it doesn't really matter then like nothing really matters but we can we know that things do not mm. not just from our own value because there is very common ground with value mm-hmm. like if it were if you were to like you like just randomly slap someone that's like everyone in the world knows that wasn't sort of right you know and like that common ground of knowing in our hearts that's what it's like there's something that's like setting that I don't think it's just instinct mm. either. So I think I started off with that thought of like there, there has to be something more and there's so much more to us. I think the more experiences with your own depths you have, the more you can, you'll be more curious, I think. Of and course. I guess to have that first experience, you have to sort of just dive in, even if it's just asking yourself honest questions, you know, mm-hmm. letting yourself like feel that thing, you know, you've been like, sort of deeply ignoring or like doing that thing you've wanted to do, like going out and risk. I find like the adventures would help a lot mm-hmm. with that because it puts me in that like state of like unknown. Of course. And then that can sort of embark, embark you on that journey of finding more out about yourself. But um, when it comes to like, the, that's it was like this, your own sort of spirit, but when it comes to the text, I had Proverbs. <laughs> that's where I started. Mm-hmm. It's like, it just talks like little short things. This is wise. This is wisdom. Like you can't look at it and sort of disagree because it's just like speaking about like some real deep truths. Yeah. Of course. But just open mindedness. Yeah. And yeah. so 
it sounds like the best place to start is self-discovery. So figuring out yourself, asking those hard questions, being honest with yourself, challenging yourself, essentially just discovering Mm. who you are as a man, as a person. And then, you know, naturally faith comes. Yeah. I think just knowing too, like wherever you are in your life right now and you're feeling like, is this it? It's not. Mm. I think that's like to hold that really strong that this is this is not it, all of it. Like you can feel so much more fulfilled. You don't have the desire to chase anything because you're so full. And it, like that feeling is there, you know. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're right. Like I remember times where I was like, man, is this, is this all that life is, right? I'm like I'm so wallowing in my own self-pity of just you know, sadness, but, you know, there is so much to life. There is so much good in life. Mm. It's a lot of negativeness in the world at the moment, a lot of pain. There's a lot of, the one thing I've noticed is, is that as faith has declined, evil has. Inclined. Mm, mm. Big time. Yeah. Like so so obvious yeah and it's all like lack everyone's like Mm. in that lack state trying to like get more stimuli trying to feel more full it's always like ultimately trying to fulfill yourself more and more with all sorts of different things that really don't mean anything yeah it's just they're just all poor options Mm. Mm. sad man Mm. it's sad to see i feel like ever since connection man yeah ever since i've really had that faith and like had that belief of like a higher power and just have really tried to develop that relationship with God, the universe. Mm. It kind of takes off a lot of the stress of life because you kind of go, all right, well, a lot of what's going on is out of my control. Mm. Like as long as I just keep being a good person, I work on myself and control my world and try and bring positivity and light onto others, then I can't control anything else. Like that's just, yeah, that's what's happening. For sure. And I think the feeling of doing that by yourself makes it so much more serious in Mm. the way where it's like, I have to get this job. Otherwise, like if you picture it from like, picture like Sims, like you got this Sim character that's like, He's like has no food, no harvest around him. I don't know how Sims works, <laughs> as you can probably tell. <laughs> but um, like he's got like he's got no income. He's got like all these skills he, he knows he could have, but they're not developed. And like these things are going wrong, and it's all relying on this one thing. But in the reality, is you're helping him get these things. Exactly. Does that make sense? And it's like you've always got like is that thing that's helping you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind but of like watching. guiding you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. It's, yeah, it's uh, It makes it like not so all on you. Mm, and you can takes just like, the pressure off. You can you can just trust and allow it to step in. Nice. You know? And then you're not really you're not relying on worrying if um, things are like you won't be in, you won't be lacking because it won't matter if you did get that certain thing. Mm. It doesn't have like a big deal because it's like you already know you you looked out for. Of course, mm. it's. Yeah, I feel like with you know the the G talk, the God talk, and 
with faith, everyone just thinks that it involves, you know, no sex before marriage, hate the gays, mm. like all the stuff that people want to like nitpick and point out. But really yeah. in truth, like having faith and having a belief in a higher power than yourself is the ultimate act of surrender because you really give in to the idea that you're like you're the top of the food chain, right? You give in to the idea that there is someone that's looking out for you mm. and that it allows you to live your life with such clarity and to just have a clear head that like every action you do that's good and of service to others means that you are bringing light and positivity to the universe. Mm, yeah. I, I think that's the biggest takeaway from it. It's like it's not about the say your prayers, go to church every week. Yeah, tick the boxes in order to be good enough in this world. Mm. It's not that. It's uh, not that at all. Not that at all. It's, no. it's, it talks, when it talks about all those things, I've been trying to figure it out too because it's like there's so many things in there that seem so brash, like talking about the no sex before marriage. Mm. Like when it talks about that, the book talks about it in such an intense way because it's trying to send a message. But I've found that the reason why it says that is because like whoever you have sex with, you just like have a, a, a bond with them. Mm. You might not even necessarily like line up at all, but because you have that bond with them, but like you might not even necessarily want to like create some sort of deep bond with them. You're just trying to like give in to like the pleasure of like having an orgasm mm. or something. And then you can just innately, you feel this like connection to them. Like anytime there's like a friends with benefits, it just never, never ends up being that, No, you know, it just, it can't work because we're like these spiritual, emotional beings. And the reason why it talks about trying, well, in my, th in my thought anyway, I might be completely wrong, but um, the developing the, the care, like that real deep trust without having that emotional throw around first. Mm. It just makes it so much more stable for when, like, I, I'm not sure. I didn't haven't don't know the exact statistics above my head, but it was like the couples who wait till marriage to have sex. It's like pretty much like hardly ever divorces mm. compared to the ones that don't, and that's not nothing. So that's what it's like. It just sparks curiosity in that sense. Because and the people who say like, well, what if you know, try before you buy. The sex might be bad, but if you ever have like a real deep loving connection it can never be bad of course i don't think because it is it's uh two it's two souls bonding mm. really when in, like when you really when you have sex and it's not just that pure animalistic like must put yeah. penis in vagina right when two people come together and you both let your guards down and you get completely vulnerable, mm. there are times where it generally feels like one body and you are just sure. moving so harmoniously and you feel everything so deeply that it, honestly, man, the world, could, a trip. the world could burn around you mm. and you would not know. Yeah. It can like, literally become like just like an acid trip. Yeah. Like it's so like, in, like intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Spiritually. And so like, I do agree in being wiser with who you have sex with mm. and respecting respecting the practice of it, really. And mm. I know the Bible is very strict on it, but yeah, 
it's just when you read something, don't just take it for black and white. It's like yeah, it's not like a rule book. It's like it's, what are, what are they trying to say? Oh, okay, like that you should. Yeah, like why would it say that? You know, what's the reasoning as to why it would say that? Yeah, it's like it's because having that sexual discipline and waiting for something and getting to know someone before you take that step is is huge. Mm. Like having that ability to hold off and develop all the other feelings that don't have to be sexual means that mm. your bond is going to be stronger. Yeah, and it makes it just so much more pure. Yeah. Yeah, and like long-lasting and just healthy. And so like a lot of the things it talks about is just like that's why I think it's almost like the ultimate psychological book in that sort of sense mm-hmm. for us. And then like same, even you can go into like the gluttony, like the seven sins, like it's all there for the similar sort of like wavelengths, like gluttony, like every time I've like just sat down and ate as much as I want, like if I just eat whatever I want and as much as I want for like a week, at the end of the week I feel just like horrible, so horrible. And it, it all dives into like delayed gratification mm-hmm. being the opposite of it. Because like eating whatever I want, whenever I want, that's just instant gratification. Of course. Straight away. So and the same with all those sort of things, like with lust, with um, patience, like as in, yeah, like temperance. I'm going, I'm going on seven sins, seven virtues. But like, yeah, like wrath, greed, gluttony, like all those ones. The opposite of those is like delayed gratification. It's like the very strong pattern. In all of that, mm. Mm. which it's, I found interesting. It's all very relevant and it's crazy that it's still relevant today. Mm. Like humans haven't changed much. And I think today because of how extreme the world is getting in terms of being faithless, you're seeing those sins that it talks about heightened to an extreme extent. Mm. And that's why I wanted to talk about this topic today and start to have the conversation about faith and it's not so much be like oh go to your local church read the bible it's like just be curious yeah and try and ask try yourself it. the question about what is is there more out there yeah and like why is this been pushed through time mm-hmm. like if it was so bullshit why is it not just crumbled how has it stayed so strong exactly you know? like it's not nothing so it's yeah. interesting. And, yeah. you know, it does set a lot of good foundations of how to live and, mm. you know, love thy neighbour. You know, there's it talks about the sins and talks about greed and, you know, it, it talks about lust as well. And just, just take it for what it is, which is a, a book of psychology, you know, if yeah. that's the easiest way. So that's how I went into it. Yeah. I'm just like, I want to know what this does for my mind. Like why mm-hmm. would it be good to not steal shit from people for exactly. myself? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, because I'll feel bad. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'll be living with that. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's true, guys. Just just get curious about it. You know, this topic of conversation can be really taboo. And, you know, I wanted to kind of open up that chatter because it's helped both of us and is helping us you know, in our lives as well. And yeah, I think it's it's something that needs to be spoken about a bit more. And mm. I'm excited to see our journeys keep growing. What happens. Yeah, and, yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have time for today. I just want to thank Blake or Bonk or Bonkarella mm-hmm. for coming on the show today. And it's been good as well, man. We're uh, almost at the, I think it's about two and a half hour mark. Damn. 
that's good which is awesome thank you so much for that, having me on here dude. no thank it's you for coming on and uh thank you all so much for listening whoever stuck around to the end of it impressive it's good and we'll be back next time to be talking more about life absolutely yeah thank peace you. goodbye